welcome everybody to episode number 31 of Life Lean In. Today is, man, this is going to be one of my favorite times because I have my good friend, Pastor Brown, Pastor Michael Brown from the Kalamazoo Gospel Mission. And uh, I am fired up to have you today because I just, I just enjoy being getting together with you, having breakfast, going to lunch, oh, yeah. whatever it is, yeah. but also being able to talk about what God's doing yeah. in your life, mm -hmm. in my life, what we're doing together. Yeah. And it's just, it's always just a breath of fresh air to get together with you. And so, man, let's talk. Let's, let's, let's talk and start with, I, many of you might not know this, but I want to kind of lay the groundwork of, of how we even met. Okay. And, um, mm -hmm. so four or five years ago, I think it's close to five years now when we were starting a church we were like, man, we want to we want to be a church that doesn't just focus on us, man. We mm -hmm. want to have a presence of outreach, yeah. And we want to partner with a ministry that's reaching people every single day, yeah. And we want to make sure that the gospel is at the forefront, mm -hmm. and and so when we were navigating the questions of like, hey, who could we partner with? What could this look like? We we our one metric that we said or one non-negotiable was will people end up in heaven with this partnership? So, and man, that's one of the first conversations we had. We got yeah. together, together with you. And I remember the first time we met, you talked about how, you know, a, a lot of organizations that are like yours have been swaying or maybe even feeling some cultural pressure right. or maybe donor pressure, whatever it is yeah. to, to shift from a gospel centric mission to just yeah doing whatever to help people yeah doing and good so, stuff yeah just doing know? good stuff yeah. and um mm -hmm. man i i really felt like god said no no your one priority is to get people to be with me in heaven that's right how that yeah. happens you could do that a billion yeah. different ways yeah but if it doesn't end up in heaven then it's it's not gonna last yeah and so man i i just want to how why did you start with the gospel mission where where's that start for you what's your passion point well i don't know if you know my story uh, you know i actually went to the gospel mission uh answering an ad in the paper for a maintenance minister yeah and so i went there as the director of maintenance at the mission and about uh five years in uh the board called me and asked me to become interim director wow. uh, before that time i didn't know anything about missions i remember seeing so you'd show up and <clears throat> Yeah. Wash things, clean things, yeah. fix things. Yeah. Yeah. But I had seen people sleeping in the bus station in Washington, D.C. when I'd go home, you know, and yep. I, that kind of thing. Um, but once I got connected uh, with the mission and, and I could see the folk and the need that they had, you know, for housing, for education, for different things like that. And I wanted to be a part of it, but I didn't know where to start. And so I got around a, a, a lot of the. Uh, directors at rescue missions across the country, and they took me to school. You know, I mean, they taught me some stuff, you know, and that's been 20 years ago. So now, you know, I'm one of those guys that are trying to teach the younger folk, you know. But, um, you know, whenever you're around people who, especially with the large number of homeless that we have in Kalamazoo, you look for the cause. You know, why, why is this like this, you know? And a lot of times... Um, 
you know, you can't just give somebody something to eat. You can't just give them a place uh, to stay and think that's it. Right. You know, because like you said, it's about a relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about a relationship with Christ. Yeah. You know, and we live in a culture now where people think that love is the most important thing. And so for me to love you, I love you and I'm going to feed you because I love you. I'm going to give you a place to sleep because I love you, you know, like that. But that ain't it. Right. You know, that's not it. Even with God, love isn't a principal thing. It's not. Right. You know, the the thing is, God loves you. God loves everybody. But it's it's the relationship be- between you and him that connects you with the way to heaven yeah. through Jesus. Right. Uh, you know, now that's the whole thing. You know, the Bible says that he's not willing that any should perish, but people perish, right. you know, because they don't have that relationship. And so we want the things that we do with people and for people to lead to a relationship with Christ. Yeah. You know, another thing about culture today is that people look at sin in the world and sin in the lives of people. And, and again, they want to focus on love. Well, you got to love them. You got to love them. But sin has to be recognized and repented, mm-hmm. you know. And so you're going to love people in the sin that they're in, but that doesn't help them. Right. You know, you, you got you to gotta help them to understand what the sin is and what God's will in their life to set them free from the bondage of sin. Right. See. Well, let me let me let me stay there for a second because I this past weekend we we talked about you know we're in the Sermon on the Mount on the Mount series mm-hmm. and we talked about Jesus says do not be judged or you'll be judged the same in the same way mm-hmm. you know you you want to get the the sawdust out of your brother's eye and right. yet you have a plank in your own mm-hmm. and we talked about, you know, I asked the question like what's your plank mm-hmm. and and so many of us I think we go through life not even acknowledging that we have a sin problem yeah. that we that we aren't perfect or we have yeah. an issue that needs to be dealt with yeah. and so for you like when you see again this is it's a it's a demographic of people oh, it's and we're all people right yeah you, you could be white mm-hmm. you know white collar blue collar mm-hmm. black white asian it doesn't matter yep that's right we all have a sin problem mm-hmm. And which is why the gospel is so important because it's it, it's for everyone. That's right. And mm-hmm. uh, but when you talk about a sin problem and repentance, especially in the area with the people that you're ministering to, if you're trying to help someone and you're pointing out an issue that's holding them down and holding them back, like what do they do with that? They have an yeah. opportunity to receive it or not. Right. So what do yeah. you? Like, what do you do? So one of the things that happens in, in with preachers today is is preachers don't want to talk about the sin in their life. You know, they, they you know, I'm Pastor Michael Brown, right. you know, and, and so people will look at me and they hear the message of the gospel that I give and they get the idea that, that I've got it all together. Mm. You know, I, I was speaking to a group, um, Yesterday, day before, uh, day before yesterday, and I and I told them, you know, I said, uh, and they're younger people who are coming in to run rescue missions across the country, you know, and I told them, I said, you know, don't think you're going to get it all right. Yeah, I've made some boneheaded mistakes, man. I mean, I've made, I've messed up, mm-hmm. you know, but because God knows my heart 
And because he knows that I'm following hard after him, even the stuff that I mess up, God corrects it. Oh, and he yeah. causes it to work for my good. Yeah. You know, but but I have to be willing to share that message right along with everything else. Mm-hmm. So that when I talk about uh, when I talk about you think you got a drinking problem, you know, let me tell you about a drinking problem, right. you know. And then I go into a little bit of my story. You know, they're looking at me like, oh, so you're not just telling me something you read. Right. You know, you, you've lived it. You right? know, yeah. you've experienced it. And I think a lot of pastors are afraid uh, to tell the story of where they've come through. And you've got some that haven't come through anything, you know, and because they or haven't come. Or less than than yeah, some of the others, yeah. Yeah, but because they haven't come <clears throat> through anything or they haven't come through anything like who the people they're, they're ministering to, they can't relate. Yeah. You know, I talked to a, uh, I talked to a, talking about relating, I talked to a lady um, yesterday, I was listening to her, and she was telling me, you know, we grew up on this lake, my dad only had three boats, and, you know, we were da-da-da-da-da, and we were poor growing up. I mean, we were really poor, and I'm thinking, really? You know, okay, so I can't relate to that. Right. You know, your definition of poor and my definition of poor is different, mm-hmm. you know. So, and and I'm not faulting you for that. I'm just saying you need to understand when you're talking to me, I don't, I can't relate to that, mm-hmm. you know. And sin is the same thing. You know, when you start talking about, you know, it's like, uh, what's a good analogy? It's like, uh, you know, the guy who uh, just cheated on his taxes or something like that, you know, he used to hide some money or something yeah. like that. Well, he finally got saved. He got radically saved. Well, he can't relate to the guy that was a pimp, mm-hmm. you know, or something, you know, like that. You yeah. can't relate to him, you know. And um, and I believe that we need to, pastors, I think, we need to always understand that wherever we are, whoever we're talking to, you got to be real, you got to be honest, you know, because the, the reason God put you in that space is because there's somebody that needs what you got right now. Yeah, you know, for sure. And not because you're that great, but because God got you here. Yeah, and you need to remember that. Yeah, and I, I in in light of you s- s- talking about the fact that so many pastors are unrelatable because they 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 won't even present the fact that they too are sinful. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I probably don't do it enough. But mm-hmm. I've had people tell me that I'm too raw, I'm too real, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I'm not on a pedestal, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would rather stand in front of our, any of any of the people that we have and say, look, yeah, like, the guy who invited me to church was my drinking buddy. Yeah. And I told him I couldn't yeah. come to church uh-huh. because I was too drunk, too hungover to come to church uh-huh. on Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. Well, we... Weeks ago, we had, we were in Austin, Texas, where I where I was saved, where I found the Lord, and we actually randomly were sitting at this burger joint, and I look over, and the guy who invited me to church probably over a hundred times, my drinking buddy, wow. was sitting at the table right there, uh-huh. and I was like, whoa! But like the fact, like we've been through some stuff, man. I've I've been through depression. I checked myself <laughs> into Pine Rest. Oh. I've struggled with anxiety. Like I've mm-hmm. I've been through so many different things. But like what you're saying, there's a couple different dynamics that you're talking about. Is one is not all sin is the same. That's right. But we mm-hmm. all have it. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So we don't always understand it mm-hmm. or each other's sin that we're dealing with. And, man, what do you say to people who, quite honestly, like, they like their sin? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I had a pastor once tell me, like, sin, sin can have its kicks, but too often we don't acknowledge that it also has its kickbacks. Mm-hmm. And and so there there might be there might be lifestyle things that you think, man, man, this is I feels good, I like it. Whether it's getting drunk all the time or high all the time, or mm-hmm. um, sexual, you know, pursuing sexual desires. Mm-hmm. Man, what what do you do? And and addiction is probably something that runs rampant in your ministry. It, it Sexuality is, is something yeah. that runs rampant. Mm-hmm. in your ministry mm-hmm. what so, how do you love those people in their sin i think the greatest example mm-hmm. for me growing up was my mom and dad yeah because uh i had nine brothers and sisters my mom and dad boy they had a standard man i mean you know we went to church all the time you know they they taught us about the lord and all of that they taught us about right living yeah. But then when I when I started getting older and I started doing some things, uh, in my mind, you know, I'm, come on now, I'm smarter than they are. Them old <laughs> folks, them old folks, they don't know what they right. talk about, you know. And so, I would have a conversation with my mom, and and she she would her head would nod while I was talking, and then when I got down, she said, "Yeah, yeah." That's the dumbest thing I ever heard, you know. What <laughs> what I mean? And and they would never. I mean, my mom and dad loved me, I know, you know, but they would not listen to me and allow me to think that because I was their child, the sin in my life was okay. Yeah. I mean, they would call it out, right. you know, and then they would say, but I love you, you know, like that. And so what they would, they, it, it was never okay because that's my child. Mm-hmm. I've talked to people about different lifestyles and things and, and even pastors who try to reevaluate the word of God based on the sin that their children are going through because they love their children. Wow. And one even told me one time, he said, you know, I had to reevaluate the word when, when my daughter, you know, told us that she was in a same sex relationship mm-hmm. and I had to reevaluate the word. And I was like, what? You know, now I get loving your daughter. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. but if you're not willing to tell your daughter about the sin that she's in and allow her the opportunity for repentance, mm-hmm. then you're at fault there. Sure. You know, you have to be able to call it out. Now, I'm not telling you don't love your daughter. Love your daughter. Absolutely. You know, absolutely love your daughter, you know, but uh, and and if that's the route she wants to go, well, then still love your daughter, right. but don't give place to it. Yeah, you know, like that, and so uh, that's one of the things that we do, and and because of it, we have seen people who would come out of the sin that they were in because of the love balance that we give. Mm-hmm. You see, and they recognize that oh, you you know what I did, and you love me anyway. You yeah, know, and exactly. ain't that anything that, like Jesus? That's good. You know, ain't that like Jesus? Right. You know. He knows all the stuff, the yep. stuff you're talking about, the stuff you ain't talking about, right. and he loves you anyway. Yep. But he's not going to get plays for that, yep. you know. And so, and once it's brought to your attention and you recognize that that is sin, 
Now's your opportunity for repentance because beyond that point is transgression. Now, you know, I mean, you know it's sin, but you're going to do it anyway. Right. You know, and so, yeah. Well, Jesus is so, so that's, that's why I love, I mean, obviously we love him so much because he was so perfectly grace and truth. Yeah. And he, he sets the standard. He doesn't budge on the standard. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he knows what's good living and what's yeah. good for us. Yeah. And I, I think too often, like I, as a dad now, like I'm, I'm like, man, there's so many times where I'm, I'm raising these kids and I'm like, oh my goodness, like if you only knew how much I love you because I'm trying to help redirect you, That's you know, right. That's and, right. um, and we all have that mentality. And I think, you know, one of the things you said earlier was just when you first got started and you said that you were in, in gospel ministry, you said you were, you were there as the maintenance man. And then you, you stepped into learning from some other directors of the mm-hmm. ministry. And it sounded like you really put yourself out there to, to want to grow. Oh, and yeah. I think, mm-hmm. I mean, again, I, I, I think what the world needs most is a bunch of hungry people yeah. that, that are ready to grow. Yeah. yeah. And, and to, um, to acknowledge that they're, they're not perfect. We talk about this all the time in this podcast, really the theme of it, life lean is we're, we're not perfect. We're all That's in right. process. Like, yeah. So never stop learning, never stop yeah. growing, have the hunger. Mm-hmm. If you're going to, if you're going to want to grow that whole idea of don't judge me and or you'll be judged or, or, uh, you know, the having the speck of sawdust versus the plank, mm-hmm. I want, I want people around me, the right people around me to say, dude, you got a plank Yeah. or dude, here's a little sawdust over here. That's right. And man, I I'm, I'm personally hungry for that. And mm-hmm. I think we have a, a generation of, of people that are just, they're comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. You know, people are, there's a lot of people who they think if they're uncomfortable, they ain't nothing but the devil. You know right. what I mean? They ain't that, nothing yeah. but the devil, yeah. you know, or, um, <clears throat> or when things are going really good, well, it got good. You know, right. I knew if I followed his plan, I'd be, you know, like that. Yep. Well, Jesus followed God's plan and it ended him up on the cross. Right. You know, there's, there's a point where following God is going to be uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but it's the right thing to do. Yeah. You know, and, um, and I was listening to a gentleman, uh, the other day he was speaking and he was talking just about that, about the life of Jesus and how, you know, he went through being nailed to a cross, hanging on this cross and how it looked like the dreams, uh, everything that he had talked about to the disciples, it looked like, well, um, okay, that ain't an option, you know, cause the guy we were following, he just died, right? you know, but then couple days later you look up and jesus walks into a room where it's a bunch of them at and he's like what's up yeah you know what i mean yep. that's his attitude pretty much is what's up you know like that it's like who why are y'all that? so down yeah. and out yeah why are y'all yeah. so down and out you know and here and so the thing you need to understand is that is that is that uh following god's laws for life living for jesus will always will always bring you to victory you know, that's going to bring you through Especially something. ultimately. Yeah, ultimately. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Now, it might bring you through <clears throat> something, but it's always going to lead you to victory, mm-hmm. you know. And um, and I look at people, man, who are are homeless and those that, that we have, um, a lot of the people who say they want to help them want to make them comfortable for now. 
they don't want to send them through anything. That's they want and, people that want to help the homeless. They want to help them in the moment. The, in the moment, you know, and that's this whole thing about you know you'll hear the term housing first. You know, the, the housing first, whole housing first movement, it's been proven over and over again that it is not, it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it doesn't work as a fix-all, yeah. okay? And that's where our country's going that are trying to help uh, the homeless. But what it does is it takes people out of their situation. It puts them in a place for right now, you know. But, but, but homelessness is a mindset. Sure. You know, and if you're not willing to change that person's mind, you have to change the way they approach money. You have mm -hmm. to change the, the way they approach drugs and alcohol. You have to change the way that they respond, the way that they're responsible in their own lives. If you're ever going to have them uh, to be successful, I think about, you know, when I think about people who want to build the tiny homes and they want to build all of these opportunities to take the homeless and just put them in a box. I think about growing up in Washington and uh, what they had back in the day called the projects. Mm -hmm. They built this huge apartment building complex and they put the low income people in there, but they wouldn't teach them anything, you know? Yes. And I've gone back over on M street in, in Southwest Washington, DC. And you see some of those buildings still standing. The building looks great. The windows all busted out, painted all on the other side because nobody ever took care of it, mm -hmm. you know? And so now we're going to go right back to that, right. you know, and I've seen people that they get the housing voucher, they go into an apartment and they figure they're comfortable. You're still taking care of me. Nobody's taught them how to be responsible. Nobody's dealt with their addiction. Nobody's dealt with their, uh, the mental illness, you know, or any of that, mm -hmm. you know, and in our processes at the gospel mission, we are absolutely determined that the way to get a person's life back on track is to put it in alignment with what Jesus said uh, worked for their life. What the Word of God says is the way you should live. Yeah. You know, and I don't understand why people don't get that, especially if you own a car. You know, if your car starts trembling and everything, first thing you do is pull that manual out and you go, you know, wonder yeah. what's going wonder, on. What's here? going on here? Why is that? You know, the wheels start shaking. You want to know? Okay, so. You put the wheels on, yeah, but they're out of alignment. You know, oh, okay, so you hurry up and get those wheels aligned. You know, well, how come you don't have sense enough to do that with your life? Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, right. and, and we're determined that at the gospel mission that as much as it's in us to do it, we're going to do it. We're going to yeah. do it that way. And we see success stories time and time and time again, you know, so. So yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah, we, you know, I. I go back to a lot of my life and in ministry, like there's so many principles in the scriptures and in God's word that if they were just applied, they, they just work. Yeah. And the, the interesting thing I think also I might do, I have to do a series on this is, is things that the business world or culture politics have hijacked yeah. from Jesus. Yeah and made it their own mm -hmm. and it's actual biblical principles that are working for them, yep. you know, that they've put into practice. Mm -hmm. Now they're missing a whole maybe side of who Jesus is and, right. and what he's about. But like, I, I think of, we've, we've talked about this about education. We have a young family, we have a two-year-old and a five-year-old. And I, I think about like, if I were to help my kids be most prepared for life, I, I really think of two things. Will they know God? Yeah. 
and know his people mm-hmm. and they'll probably be okay. Yeah. My third, if I, if I were to be able to pick a third, it would be, have they left our house knowing how to handle their finances? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I see a gap, a major gap. And it's, and it's honestly, it's not just, I mean, I've seen people who are extremely successful, savvy business people, or they have a great gifting in engineering and whatever. They have no idea what to do with money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at your athletes. And I even a, lot, say, a lot of yeah, athletes are and, that way. And I even, and, and so I, I look at our educational system. I'm not putting it on the educational system because mm-hmm. like I said, as a dad, as a family, like I want to make sure my daughters, when they leave the house, I'm taking that responsibility to make sure they've been taught that. But right. what if we did have middle schools and high schools who were teaching yeah. about debt, the reality yeah. of debt and the reality yeah. of, of, of what it, like how to manage the money you have. Yeah. And if you want more of it, what does it look like to do, to get that? Yeah. And it's not just, I'm, I'm a personally, I'm a Dave Ramsey fan. Cause we've been through it. We've yeah. Kelsey and I have paid off over $30,000 in debt ourselves. Mm-hmm. We don't have car payments. We have all these. Oh, we have all this money that used to go to all these places, mm-hmm. and now it's and now it's ours again. Right. You know what I mean. Oh, and yeah. so now we have more freedom mm-hmm. to be able to give and love people and care for right. our family and whatever. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and it's just it's missing in our culture. Yeah, I remember when I, when I was in school, they, we even had a class. I remember on how to write a check. Yeah. You know, and um, I know kids nowadays don't know how to write a check yeah you know they don't know how to balance a checkbook right you know and um and social guilty. media is, guilty i know. don't know how to i don't know how to balance a check social media isn't helping anymore with the social media shorthand yeah you know it's not helping to teach people how to spell yeah. you know and things like that and then you wonder how come you can't get a job you know and and for me uh, I knew my dad always told me, he said, you know what? He said, when you show up for a job, you got to show up like you want the job. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember there was a point in time in my life when I was, uh, when I had gotten out of the Navy, uh, in the middle of my career, I got out of the Navy and I was in Washington, D.C. looking for a job. And I, and I, every time I went out looking for a job, I had on a suit, I had a briefcase, you know, and in that briefcase was two things. It was a couple of bottles of water and a and a clip uh, part of the newspaper that was for job listings, you know, and a t- and a pad. That yeah. was all that was in there. Yeah. But but brother, I look like an executive going out there, you right. know. And I look people in the eye when I talk to yeah. them. And now you get upset because you go with your pants hanging down around your butt, you know, you got you you, you got on your uh, pajamas, it looked like, and you think somebody's going to hire you, and you get mad and offended because they won't. And it's like, so good. where'd that come from? Right, you know? so good. When it, it, and it, it, you know, it goes back to how are we help, how are we preparing people? Yeah. And I, I think... I think so much of I know our, the ministry that I'm called to, that you're called to, it's it's to help prepare people for what God's best is. Yeah, and exactly. and it's and mm-hmm. it's so much of that, and we and so we we that's why we invest in these people, we invest in training, yeah. we invest in mm-hmm. um, life change, we do all the things like we help 
feed people and give them housing and, and, and the things that they need. But that's not sustainable if they don't take responsibility. Yeah, that's right. And so, man, thank you so much for your time, guys. Remember, subscribe to this if you haven't. If this is helpful or if you think someone would appreciate hearing this particular podcast with Pastor Brown, man, man, share it on anything. Man, text it to a friend, whatever it is. But remember, nobody's perfect. That's We're right. all in process. That's it. So never stop learning. Never stop growing and keep leaning in. Amen. Thank you.